Hi everyone, it's Glenn Yuland here from Property Performance Stars and welcome to the live edition. We will be talking every month to someone who in the industry has absolutely nailed it. All the up and coming stars, people who are young but are running their own businesses, all the what to do's and what not to do's of our industry. So sit back and take a listen. Enjoy. Hi everyone, it's Glenn Newland here from Property Performance Stars and thanks for tuning in to episode 6 of season 2. So today we're here with Jonathan Clover from First National Genesis, um, really interesting guy, we've just had a few dealings um, in the last year together and I thought, mate, this guy knows what he's doing, um, still still pretty young as well, right? so that's the idea um, between, sorry, that's the idea of what we're trying to achieve here is just getting people in who are still younger. I say younger. <laughs> I'm getting older, that's for yeah, sure. No, no. I, don't, I don't even classify myself in that younger category anymore. Uh, but I was younger when I got in. Um, but yeah, just some of the people who have really cracked the industry um, and have done well and run their own businesses or are getting to running their own businesses, licensees and stuff. So um, for anyone who's watching, if you want to know how to crack into the industry and um, stay in there, obviously you've got to be pretty resilient in this industry. So we're talking to some of the people who have been and the way they've done it. So right. Thanks. No, thanks for having me. It's a yeah. pleasure to be here. No dramas at all. Um, maybe we'll, we'll start off with what was what was your your journey, mate? Where did you start off? How did you get into real estate? Or what was before real estate? So um, not much before real estate. Real estate is a bit of a genetic disorder in my family. So um, my dad had an office. My granddad had an office. My dad's cousin had an office. My brother worked in his office for a little while. Oh, so. so I started doing home opens um, when I was 16 with my dad, just like, wasn't obviously licensed so I'd grab stuff he'd do one home open um, put me at another I'd just hand out brochures and say if you got any questions go and see Daniel Glover around the corner <laughs> so that was kind of my start in the industry um, well before that I was pushing a broom around my dad's office cleaning it and getting paid pittance for for <laughs> working in the office parents do. <laughs> that's it yeah. that's it um, so yeah not a lot before real estate um, when I first came to Australia Oh, pushing 17 years ago now. Um, I've worked in the fitness industry for a little while, doing yep. sales for a short stint, and then pretty quickly got registered and got into real estate over here. Yeah. Okay. So that's, uh, I've, I've done real estate for like just over 10 years, and that's that's been intense. So how long is like, you know, without giving your age away, how, so how long, how many years is that now? Um, so I got registered when I was... Uh, uh, 20. Yep. So over here, got registered when I was 20. Um, I started working in a business brokering firm uh, mm -hmm. when I was 19, um, just kind of helping out around there, and then uh, and then got registered. Was dealing with businesses and property at the same time, um, and then yeah, the journey kind of took off from there. So you're an old fella in this. <laughs> yeah, so, but I've I've had a few. A few little interesting things along the way, which is uh, which is fun. So we we started in the business brokerage. Um, after that, uh, I ended up um, moving into um, a management position. So mm -hmm. with a, one of the networks. So I was doing that for about five years. Yep. Um, and then I had uh, three kids under two, and I was doing too much travel. Is it twins? Or? Yeah, I got <laughs> twins. So yeah. I, had, I had my firstborn, and then we had twins less than two years later. Um, and my wife at one point said it would be nice to have you at home more. So I kind of thought that's that's a signal to uh, to give away the travel and uh, got back into real estate proper and the sales side of things. <laughs> so 
home more, get into real estate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how those True. No, no. Work. It's yeah. I think I think sometimes she would rather have me travel than be working seven days a week. <laughs> yeah. And and is it I mean look, real estate is one of those things, right? You you work you work seven days a week. How do you how do you go juggling that that family life, right? Look, you you gotta be super organized, as you know. Um I, you know, know. I don't know personally. <laughs> I have people around me that are organized, but yes. <laughs> So I, I mean, time time is is a hard one, um, and unfortunately, family does tend to miss out. Yeah. Um, but you know, you you gotta you gotta build up, and then when you've built up and you've got a little bit of a, a run of business going, then yeah. there's some, I suppose, there's some um, liberties that you can take around time, and you know, maybe plug some other people in to do certain work, or you know, so. For myself and and my business partner, we actually work as a team, yep. and so there's you know one one weekend out of every month that I'll cover that he won't, and one weekend out of every month that he'll cover that I won't. So it gives us a chance to to be able to invest in family and yeah. what's important. Yeah, that's that's really um, that's really good. So so working in that team, we'll just touch on that because it's something I don't think we've ever really spoken about in here. Um, working in that team, I started in the team as well, and like the flexibility with actually being able to have a bit of a life. But that's probably not something you you can really you can really do too much in the first few years, right? Yeah, so I mean he was new to the industry, but came out of a professional sporting career. So yeah. he wanted to team up with somebody who who knew what they were doing and he could learn from. So that was great for him and it was great for me because I had a lot on the go and he wanted to learn. Yeah. So that works perfect. But when you're first building out your business, if if you know, if you want to work in a team, you got to share a lot more. Um, you know, it's it's a little. You would be working in a team alongside of somebody you know already established. Yep. So it's it's a good option if you're new to the industry to come alongside somebody who's already established. Um, but yeah, it's it's not for everyone, but mm. it does work for some. Yeah. So just on that, that's a bit interesting as well. Because who was your business partner? Damien Martin. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I knew I just wanted to ask. Former captain of the Perth Wildcats. Yeah. So he's he's been a great asset to, to bring into the business. Absolutely. So I mean, look, that's something a bit different as well. Like, if you don't mind, can I just ask mm. a quick question about it? How do you go when you go into a present? A lot of people know who he is and stuff when you walk in. Does it? So a lot of people know who he is in the context of basketball. But yes. he walks in the front door, or somebody comes into a home open. They look at him and they think like. I kind of know you, like I know you from somewhere. Yeah. And I've heard people go, have we met at another property before? And um, and he goes, oh yeah, maybe, you know, and he's a very modest, humble guy. So he never does the, you probably know me from TV or, you know, you might basketball recognize me from- or the arena, <laughs> <laughs> such movies as. <laughs> um, but um, no, so, and it's usually on the way out that, you know, you see a, a husband or a wife walking out and next thing you know, he's elbowing her on the way out, kind of like turning around and poking and pointing, and going, that's, that's, I know who that is now. And they come back and they go, can I grab your autograph or whatever? So yeah, it's a, it's a funny one, but in appraisals, um, people either know him and they know him really well or they don't. Yeah. cool. So it's, it's kind of like, you don't get an in between if somebody goes, I've seen you before. It's like they know him or they don't know. Yeah. And I I suppose making it to the top level of of basketball, um, it's going to show all those things that, you know, we need in real estate, right? Absolutely. Discipline and structure and just persistence and yep. stuff. So yep. I'm, I'm guessing that – I've never met him, but I'm guessing he's that sort of guy anyway. Totally. So he brings that to the industry straight away. Totally. Right? And he brings that to our team. I mean, he's a defensive player, right? Those okay. guys work hard and get not a lot of recognition, right, because you're not 
throwing the ball through the hoop. <laughs> so that that was what made me think, yeah, he'll be good. Yeah, that's cool. So within this real estate industry, mate, what are the what are some of the things that you you love about it? Um, so we've kind of in our company we've structured, I suppose, our, our value statement around three words, and it's people, community, and property. So firstly, I, I, I love dealing with people. Everybody says that it gets into real estate, but yeah. you know, it's genuinely a, a passion, you know, being able to help people through some of the yeah. biggest decisions in their life. Um, when it comes to community, I love embedding ourselves in the community environment. It's really rewarding. And I think, you know, as much as it's genuine, it's also a, a, a great um, thing to do in, in real estate. You know, yeah. you get a lot of good feedback. You get a, a lot of business out of being involved in community. Um, but if it's not a genuine interest, people will see through that. Um, and then property, I like, I, I actually love houses. I love, you know, eras of homes. I love seeing the difference in, you know, the nineties compared to the two thousands and in our industry, you know, the 1920s compared to the 1930s, the 1940s, yeah. um, when it comes to where we work. So yeah, I, I genuinely just love property and, and all the ins and outs of the architecture and eras and things like that. Yeah. That's a real common thread with, with everyone I talk to. And I think the people who we've had in here and had a bit of a chat about their career and their journey, every single one of them are absolute people. People, um, and it's, it's something which I know people. There's a lot of people that focus on money in real estate. They say, "Hey, I want to wear a suit. I want to drive a nice car. Yeah, and I want to look the part." Uh, and you can see those guys coming. Mm. Like, and you're you're the license there, first national genesis. So you know, if someone comes in for an interview. And you can pick the people who, who aren't really there for the right reasons. They want to be superstars overnight. They just want, and you, you know, they're never going to make it. Mm. So they're not going to put in the effort. Um, and at the heart of all of it, they're not actually going to care about their clients. No, that's right. And that's that people side. Like if you're in it just to make a buck, yeah. people find that out pretty quick. Yeah. yeah. And your reputation can can go down very quickly in real estate. Yeah. Um, you can do all the good things in the world. It's probably every. Every industry is the same. You do all the good things in the world, but no one remembers the good things. They remember the bad thing, right? Yep. Yeah. And, and real estate, we already have a <coughs> bit of a stigma behind it that, you know, it's all, there's a lot of sharks out there. Yeah. So for the ones who are really good, they, uh, yeah, they do get to stand out a little bit, which is cool. Absolutely. So, so I suppose based on that, mate, knowing that you're a bit of a, a people person, you'd have a few good stories to tell or some good, some good memories from the industry. Yeah, we were just chatting briefly about that before. So one of the things, uh, a good memory, yes, um, but a unique one. Um, I sold a property for a lady um, or to a lady uh, up in the hills. We met her at another property, helped her find the one up in the hills. And, um, and you know, they got along really well with them, got along well with their family, um, Italian family, so lots of links. They'd moved here from Melbourne. Yep. And their other sister and their mum and dad had also moved from Melbourne with all their families. Um, and within a couple of months, she came to me and said, hey, my mum's actually thinking of selling her house that they just bought because she bought it before dad came over. Mm. Dad doesn't really like it. So I went, oh, okay, that's right. We can help her with that. So another property up in the hills, we helped her. We helped them sell that one that mm -hmm. they bought not even kind of nine months before and buy a new one down in the foothills. Within a few months, I get a phone call from the sister saying, hey, the rest of my family, um, don't tell them yet, but I'm, I'm not really enjoying it living here in WA. I miss the rest of, you know, friends and things back in Melbourne. Um, so I'm going to sell the house. So we sold her house up in Mundaring. And then the mum and dad phoned and said, well, if my daughter's moving back, then my other daughter's probably going to move back. <laughs> so we want to sell the house that we just bought. So we helped them sell that house. And then the sister who we sold to 
less than 12 months before, Fonz Bain says, hey, the rest of my family is moving back. We're moving back. And I said, well, cool. There was two offers at the time. You guys were the best, but how about I approach the underbidder? She said, yeah, sounds good. So we sold it off market to the underbidder who missed out a little less than 12 months before for exactly the same price in a falling market that, that uh, the other people bought it for. So we had a whole family who bought over here, sold and moved back, and we helped them deal with all of it. Wow. Um, yeah, an expensive exercise because <laughs> they would have moved all their stuff and moved it all back as well. It was a long holiday. Yeah. And pretty expensive one. And, and as, a, as an agent, great to do so many transactions, but that's, that's a good, it's a kind of, it's not a bad story. You know, it was just someone that came over and they yeah. moved back and we have to deal with so many, so many bad news stories, I suppose. Yeah. And I, I said to, to Jono before, if quite often if people are selling quite a few properties, it's not for a good reason. Yeah, that's and, right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, how do you, how do you deal with that? Like, how do you deal with the constant pressure of like, let's go the last four years, maybe not so much now, it's okay now, but the last four years that we've just gone through, letting go of all that death, divorce, debt, um, all of that, like, because we carry that. Yeah. And, and if you're a yeah. people person and you're genuinely, you're not concerned so much about the money, the money is a byproduct of yeah. being a people person in this industry. How do you let go of that when you go home and see your wife and three kids? Look, it's a hard one. It's actually a really hard one. You've got to have an understanding why. Um, yeah because you do carry a lot of anxiety and stress on behalf of the client. Yeah. I mean, I'm not worried about the job that I do, but I, you know, when, when there's somebody who's losing, I mean, we sold a property for somebody a little while ago that, um, you know, they had two properties. This was going to be their investment to help them get ahead. Yeah. You know, they bought it for 540 and, and we were the third agents and it sold for 340. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, a $200,000 um, decline in value for somebody who couldn't afford it. That was, that was a really tough one. Um, when you're a people person, it's hard to let go. You just got to kind of put it in yeah. a space and say, you know what, this is, this is the market and you got to harden up a little bit mm-hmm. and you got to tell people the real facts. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that skill takes time, that, that whole hardening up a bit. Yeah. Um, because it, again, if, if you just, if you're a people pleaser, yeah. that is the hardest thing. And I've seen good people come in and out of this industry because they, it, it, they just haven't been able to speak real to yeah. people. You know, like, you know, every single house you're selling, every single vendor you've got, you know what they need to hear, you know what the house needs done to it, and you know what conversations yep. to have, right? Um, and I think I really, I think something you touched on before as well about you've got to have an understanding of why. Yes. So I, I have um, I have heard of other people who, when they're looking to employ, they bring the wife in as well. Yeah. Yeah, you think that would be pretty relevant? <laughs> oh, look, totally, because yeah. real estate is one of those industries that doesn't have an end, right? Like most most jobs, you finish at five o'clock, you go home, you got your weekends, and, and work and family life can be quite separate. Yeah. Not in real estate. I mean, it, it, it is insidious. It, it penetrates every part of your life. And if you don't have the family structure to support that, yeah. you gotta you got to think twice. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, one of our reps in the office, they said they were in an appointment and they had a missed call and they called back 15 minutes later and it was someone wanting to sell their house and they said, sorry, I was just in an appointment, I called you back and that person said, don't worry, I'll found someone else. You know, And that's uh, that's painful You know, when you're talking about commission sales. Absolutely. And so once that happens to you once, then you're sitting at home having dinner at 6.30 on a Wednesday night and your phone rings and you think, what if this is that person? I have right? to take it. 
Mm. Have to take it. Yeah. How do you how do you deal with that? Do you, do you still take calls at that time as well? Or have you got? I, I used to have set family time. I said I yeah. can't, and if I miss business, I miss it. Have you got anything like that? In yeah. Place? So so we've got a, a situation where dinner time is is a non negotiable, right? Yeah. Like if I'm home at dinner, we're sitting around the table. I don't touch my phone. I actually plug in my phone upstairs. I leave it upstairs. Yeah. And you know what? You got to draw the line somewhere. If you miss business, you miss business. And you got to be comfortable with that, knowing that. Your family who sacrificed a lot for you, you got to sacrifice awesome. a little bit for them too. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, if you're looking to get into the industry, though, I think that you might your first two years. <laughs> you're, oh, look, you're on the horizon twenty four seven. Absolutely, yeah. Especially if you don't have those family obligations, man. Take every call. Take yeah. every call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't yeah. miss it. Yeah. If you if you get in and you're planning a family in the next three or four years, then you got to bust it before that family yeah. comes out. Yeah. Yeah. So anything else, mate? As as far as anyone watching who's thinking. I'm going to give this a crack and get into it. Words of advice? Yeah. Um, look, I mean, everybody kind of says prospect, 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 which is true. That's that's mm-hmm. important. Yep. But one of the, the biggest things that I learned from a trainer called named Rick Rushton. So if you if you are new to the industry, YouTube, you know, tune into some of his stuff. Um, he has this this philosophy of tune in before you broadcast. So it's the idea of asking the right questions and you'll get the right answers. As salespeople, we tend to want to give information. And next thing you know, you're talking to somebody, you know, they come and say, oh, how's the market? And you're immediately telling them how good it is because you're thinking maybe they'll buy or maybe they want to list. So da, da, da. And it turns out that, you know, they're, they're a tenant, right? And they just want to know, like, hey, am I going to be able to find a, a property that I can lease? Yeah. Um, so, you know, the right questions, hey, are you interested in buying, selling, renting, or investing, right? Then you know who you're talking to and why. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have somebody come to a home open, if you immediately assume they're a buyer, you may miss an opportunity to sell them a property because yeah. they're actually a neighbor from up the road. So it's, hey, you know, are we researching buying or selling today, guys? Why are we coming to the home open? Having those right questions, tuning in before you broadcast is probably one of the most valuable lessons that I've learned in this industry. Yeah, that's cool. And I suppose you just... That's just learning good dialogue, good structure to your dialogue. Yep. Um, that stuff doesn't always come naturally to everyone, does it? No. Like, and being a good talker doesn't mean that you're good with dialogue. Yeah. Because having a way with words and knowing what to say and when to say it mm-hmm. are actually two different things. Yeah. And knowing what to say and when to say it comes out of knowing the person's situation. And again, it's that tuning in before you broadcast. You can say a lot less and actually have a greater impact if you know what to say and when to say it. Yeah. But that's really good advice. Yeah. So it's something we've never touched on before. So that's, that's cool. Awesome. Um, all right, mate. Well, that's, uh, we're probably running into time now. So that's, uh, that's awesome. Thank you so much for everything. Yeah, thank you. Um, really appreciate it. Yeah. Always good to catch up. Um, thanks everyone for tuning in and we will see you next time.